Good morning, Lamb of God family and friends and uh, visitors. I just want to thank Kelly for sharing her story with us. And it's so good to be with you this morning. And we all have a story. We all have a testimony. And we would love to hear a little bit from you. Uh, if you would like to share your testimony with us, just go to info at logf.org. And uh, we would love to hear your story. But as we prepare for communion this morning, uh, I'd like to ask you to give me your story right now in four words. We've been doing this last several weeks, and I just think it's really awesome to give a chance to hear from everybody. So right now, if you can put something you're thankful for, something that God's done for you in four words, why don't you go ahead and text that right now as we're getting ready for communion. And as we do get ready for communion, I'm going to ask us to do this prayer together. I've put it up here on the screen for us, and we're going to pray it at the same time together. But as we do, we are coming together now as a family of God to access our living inheritance in Jesus. He can heal us like he healed Kelly. He can change our lives. Uh, he can set us free. Uh, there's no limit to what God can do. And so when we take communion, this is our reminder together that we are a people of faith. And, and just like that last song that we sang uh, about um, how we're, we need to be still and we need to trust in God. That's not always easy to let God fight our battles. But communion reminds us that we are powerless without the cross of Jesus Christ. And so today we come together to celebrate our victory in him. And so let's do this together. Let's start with the bread. If you have a piece of bread or a cracker or something that you have with your family, let's get that out together. And let's pray this prayer together. Just pray it with me. I'll read it as you read it together out loud, okay? Ready? Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. It is for my healing, my spouse's healing, and my children's healing. Thank you that by your stripes, by the beatings you bore, by the lashes which fell on your back, we are completely healed. I believe and receive in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's take uh, the drink that you have for communion, and we'll, we'll pray this prayer together as well. Let's just read it together as we pray it out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for the new covenant cut in your blood. Your blood has brought me forgiveness and washed me from every sin. I thank you that your blood has made me righteous. And as I drink, I celebrate and partake of the inheritance of the righteous which is preservation, healing, wholeness, and prosperity. I believe and I receive. Amen. Let's partake together. And let me just pray for us together as we just celebrate this moment of victory in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that you triumphed over the grave, that you are risen, and that you are ruling and reigning, and you have invited us to a place of victory in you. Today, right now, we receive healing and wholeness, prosperity and wisdom and grace for everything that we need for life and for godliness. Lord, we thank you that you are a chain-breaking God. You can break any addictions that we have. You can heal any sickness or disease or condition that we have physically. You can heal any hurt in our hearts as we forgive others and release those, those pains to you, Lord, I thank you that you can handle any problem that we have. And so we just release all 
of ourselves to you and receive from you your peace, your provision, your healing, your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I also want to just ask you to take a second to greet someone right now online. Uh, Look for somebody, say hi, maybe give them an air hug, a little air high five, and uh, let's continue to engage with each each other as we celebrate this time together. It's so good to be together, and it's so good to have all of us gathering again, uh, just to be encouraged and to get God's word into our hearts and to uh, to just encourage each other as we spend these times together. Um, Also, I just want to say how thankful I am for uh, the family's generosity, the Lamb of God family. Uh, many of us have been giving a little above and beyond just to make sure that the family's needs are taken care of. And I have a good report for you. As far as I know, all of the needs of our Lamb of God family are met currently, and we are blessed and we are thankful and we're celebrating God's faithfulness to us. I also want to extend to you uh, an opportunity to help a, a very important uh, ministry that's near and dear to our heart, and that is Christ for India. I received uh, a couple of emails in the last couple of weeks from Benu Thampi and from Pastor Thampi, and uh, they are experiencing the same challenges that we are, except they're not given much support from the government. Many of their people work in the tea fields, and those workers have gone without any uh, supplies, you know, any, any provisions at all. And so uh, they've asked us if we can help at all uh, to send some support so they can help their people. They literally need food. And uh, one encouraging way that you can be a part of this uh, provision is for $15, uh, Benu is putting together these food kits for a family, which would include 50 meals. That'll cover three weeks worth of food for a family. So if you want to make a donation to help our brothers and sisters in India, um, you can go online and give, and when you look for the giving options, there is an option called Christ for India. We've already sent $2,000 to them. Uh, we've also sent $1,000 to Cindy's Hope in Rwanda to help her with her ministry. So we are so blessed. I want to just encourage you to continue to be faithful when you're giving uh, because God continues to be faithful to bless his children when we honor him with the first fruits of all of our increase. I want to give you an encouraging scripture today. Proverbs 19, 17. This is a great promise. God says, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and and he will reward him for what he has done. And so this is a great promise uh, that God has for us is as we give to the poor, we are actually, God says he's crediting it to us giving to him and God will reward us for that. So if it's on your heart to give to Christ for India, Uh, an extra gift uh, today. You can go online and do that. And we're just believing that there will be a great increase in whatever gift we're able to give to them. So my my other thought I want to share with you just before we get into our message is I want to ask you to join or lead a life group. This is so important. And I want to highlight three benefits that you receive from being in a life group. The first benefit is friendships. If you've never been in a uh, life group before, there are some great friendships just waiting for you. And I want to encourage you that, you know, relationships are so important for us to have uh, authentic, meaningful relationships. They bring health and joy and meaning to our lives. And I want to encourage you to not just try to find a friend, but when you sow friendship, you'll reap friendship. And so 
you can be a friend and you will have plenty of friends and you will build up a strong support system for yourself for whatever life brings your way. The second benefit of being in a life group is spiritual growth. We grow better together. And every week in our life groups, uh, we are going to be giving the life group facilitator just questions that are based on our Sunday morning message for the group to discuss and just share their thoughts. And as we share with each other, we learn, we grow, and our faith gets deeper and stronger. So I want you to experience that. And finally, the third benefit of life groups, it's a higher purpose. What do I mean by that? Uh, most of our lives are, are spent really with a self-focus. But when you begin to invest time and your life into the lives of other people, you begin to broaden and increase your purpose in this world because your purpose is bigger than just you. And somebody is gonna benefit from your presence and your investment into the group. You matter. And uh, while you will be blessed, you will be a blessing. And part of the blessing that comes back to you is you'll feel good about your life actually making a difference in others. So I wanna encourage you to go to our website. You can see it, logf.org. Uh, slash life groups. Uh, you can go there, you can join a group that's existing, or you can lead a new group on your own. And uh, one more thing, I just want to share this as a summary. You can make some friends, you can grow your faith, you can share your life, and I encourage you to do that today. So today's message is fear not. Fear not. I don't know about you, but um, as I've been out and about a little bit, you know, whenever I go to the gas station or if I have to go to the grocery store, I'm trying to trying to obey the rules as best as I can. But when I'm around anybody, it's just weird. Isn't it so weird what's going on around here? And um, I, I, I try to put words to it, but it feels like the way the, the mood of people are, it feels like it's almost socially inappropriate to be happy. You know what I mean? It's like socially inappropriate to not be afraid or to not feel oppressed. And as I'm bumping into people and looking at how people are reacting to each other, it's like everybody's trying to um, be a downer. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's really engaging anyone. Everybody's filled with fear. But I want to give you permission to not be filled with fear. Today, I want to talk about fear and, and changing that fear into faith. Because it's okay to still have joy. It's okay to still be filled with peace even though we're in the midst of a storm. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. So I'm going to give you three spiritual truths to help us live by faith, not live in fear, okay? And today's memory verse, and this week I want you to be meditating on Isaiah 41, verse 10. So let's look at that together. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. God is talking. Do not fear, I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, and, and for I am your God. And then God tells us what he's going to do. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is saying, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I got you. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. You're in my hand. I want you to use this uh, verse this week. Meditate on it. Repeat it. Memorize it. Anytime you start to feel a little anxious or fear and remind yourself, God himself has promised to be with you and to take care of you. Isn't that good news? Can I get an amen? Let's get some amens going right now, okay? So let's look at spiritual truth number one. And these are our truths 
about fear that will help set us free from being captive to fear and set us into a life of faith. Number one, only God is to be feared. Only God is to be feared. And I want to give you my case here in a minute of why I say that. But what are some of the fears that we are facing right now? You know, maybe you're fearful of getting sick or getting this COVID-19 or maybe even dying. Maybe that's a fear that has gripped you lately. Maybe it's the fear of the future. Things are so uncertain right now, unpredictable. You may not have a job to go back to. You, you, you may be a student and not know what's going on with graduation or your, your college future or just there's so many things uncertain about our future. We can be very anxious about the future. Maybe you're fearful about um, your financial future. You know, I know we had a big market crash here recently. It seems to be rebounding a little bit, but maybe your job is uncertain and you just don't know if you're going to be able to hold everything together. Maybe you have a fear of change and you just, this change is so uncomfortable and you don't know what other changes are coming and it's just, it's just kind of gripped your heart or paralyzed you. Or maybe just of things that you might lose and opportunities you might not have. But fear, although we're very familiar with it, I want to remind you that fear is not for us. We are to only fear God. We are not to fear the future. We're not to fear uh, financial failure. We're not to fear change or getting sick. Deuteronomy 6.13 says this. Very simply, it's a powerful verse. It says, you shall fear only the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 6.13, you shall fear only the Lord your God. So what does it mean to fear God? To fear God and to fear him, particularly only fearing God, this is how I look at it, is to esteem God higher and more powerful than anything or anyone in all of creation. If we put God in his proper place in our mind and in our hearts, and we elevate him higher above everything else, then all other fears disappear. When we go back to that memory verse, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, and we begin to realize God's with us, there's nothing left to fear. And that's what God says, to fear only him. Over almost 400 times in the Bible, there's this phrase, do not fear, fear not, don't be afraid. Angels say it, God says it, Jesus says it. The disciples are reminding us, the writers of the Bible are telling us all the time, do not fear. And so I want to just challenge you to to be able to release that fear and reposition it from whatever that fear is now, reposition it to, to fear of God because fear of God does not mean to be afraid of God. It means to properly esteem him and respect him as almighty in control. That's good news today, okay? And so Proverbs 23, 13, I also want to share this with you. It's another great verse. It says this, live in the fear of the Lord always. So not only are we to only fear God, but we are to always fear God. The only fear a believer should have is the fear of the Lord, which is a healthy fear. And I think of how did Jesus handle some of the fears that that we contend with today? I think about sickness. What happened? There's a story of Jesus. I love this story where there's a man with leprosy and you couldn't even be around a leper, let alone touch him. And Jesus reached out and touched the leper. And instead of the sickness infecting Jesus, listen to this, Jesus, full of life, infected the sickness. 
and the man was healed. He was healed. Life in Jesus, his authority overcame the sickness immediately. And when Jesus touched the leper, it wasn't the sickness trying to contaminate Jesus. It was life in Jesus contaminating the sickness. Isn't that awesome? I think about finances. Remember the story of, uh, I, I believe God or Jesus commanded a fish to swallow a lost coin at the bottom of the sea and then jump on Peter's hook so Peter would have enough money to pay his taxes. You remember that story? God was in control of all of that. Money isn't a problem to God. Sickness isn't, you know, isn't an unbearable enemy to Jesus. He overcame both of them. How about food? Remember that lunch that the boy brought to Jesus? It was probably enough for a family, and Jesus turned it into enough for over 5,000 men. Some commentators say up to 14,000 people ate off of that Chick-fil-A. Now, that's some kind of awesome power. You see, so when Jesus and when God is elevated to his proper position in our lives, there's nothing he can't handle, nothing he can't handle at all. All right, spiritual truth number two is fear is not from God. Fear is not from God. Anytime you feel fearful, it's not coming from the presence of God, just the opposite. Where in Scripture is the first occurrence in the Bible of fear? I want to read it for you. It's found in the very beginning of Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. And Adam is speaking in this verse to God. And he says this, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So right here, afraid, that's the first time we see fear coming into the Bible. But what happened just before this? Well, you probably know, and I want to read it for you. Because this is when fear entered our world, in Genesis chapter 3, verses 6 to 7. So let's read it here. It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She, was also, she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. At this moment... Fear entered Adam and, and Eve's mind and heart, and it entered our world. So what exactly happened at that moment? At that moment, Adam and Eve decided to believe the devil's lies, or his word, instead of God's word. And as soon as they believed in the devil's lies, fear came upon them. And I want to share with you that fear is the opposite of faith. Just as the devil is the opposite of God, okay, fear is the opposite of faith. When you listen to and agree with the word of the devil, we learn from this passage that it produces fear and it leads to death. But when we listen to and agree with the word of God, it produces faith, which leads to life. So fear is a fallen motion, emotion. It's a result of sin. Uh, Although we're very familiar with it, it is not a natural and it is not a created emotion. It's a fallen emotion. It's it's a a result from our sin. And it also is when we are becoming self-dependent or self-sufficient instead of relying on God. Remember a couple years ago, I was burning some brush in my backyard. 
And I had a big old pile, and it was next to the woods in my, in my backyard, which I don't own those woods, but the, the brush pile was right next to them. It took me a while to get it going, but it started to go, and all of a sudden, it got to a point where I realized I was in big trouble. I mean, this thing just started taking off. It got so hot, I couldn't get close enough to kind of control it, and I, I, inside, I started to freak out. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where you're like, uh-oh, and, and you know that you're out of control. And I started to run to the house. I didn't even know what I was going to do. I, I think I was going to run and try to find a bucket, turn the hose on. But, I mean, there's no, there was no hope. I was in deep trouble. And, you know, a lot of times we take on things in life we were never meant to take on. We take on uh, a diagnosis from the doctor. We take on the pressure of losing a job. We take on uh, all the pressure of do, raising our kids right or, or all the different things that we contend with. And... And the, the, the problem with that is we weren't meant to control everything and we're not self-sufficient. That's what the garden shows us, that we need to return to the garden. In a sense, we need to return to trusting in God. Just like that song that we were singing, we need to rely on him. The battle belongs to the Lord, not us. But when we slip into self-sufficiency mode, what happens is we take control and we try to control something that we can't control. Well, the end of the story is, I lucked out big time. As I'm running back to my house, I saw my next door neighbor riding a giant, brand new John Deere tractor with a front loader. I went over to him and I'm like, help, help. He's like, I got it, I got it. He went over there and grabbed a hold of that fire, just pulled it right back and calmed it down. And he was God for me in that moment. We all need God. We're not meant to do this on our own. And so, but one of the things I want to challenge you to consider is that we need to lo- learn how to resist fear because fear is not from God. And there's a great verse in James 4, 7 that I want to break down for you very quickly. The first thing that we do is we need to submit ourselves to God, okay? Or resubmit ourselves to God. I mean, this can happen a couple times throughout the day. You start to get worried about something. You, you wake up to the fact that you're starting to get fearful and you say, hold on a minute. This isn't from God, so I resubmit myself to God by saying, God, I'm going to give this problem to you. I'm going to give this burden to you. I'm going to let you take control because obviously I just just started taking control of it myself. So the first step here in resisting fear is to resubmit ourselves to God. Put God back in control, okay? Second part of this verse says, now you got to resist the devil. Resist what the devil's lies are. Resist the temptations and the thoughts that come at us to incite fear in our hearts because it's not coming from God. To get our eyes off of God and to get our eyes on the situation, it will incite fear in us. And the Bible says resist the devil and we resist him by disagreeing what he's telling us. We disagree with him. And finally, this verse ends by saying, and he will flee from you and fear will flee from you when you give God control. Okay, there's another great verse that I want to uh, end this spiritual truth with, and it's 2 Timothy 1.7. Many of us are familiar with this verse. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. It doesn't come from God. But instead, God gives us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind or discipline. He gives us the ability to have peace in him through our mind, and he gives us that power, and he gives us the love that we need to do that. All right, spiritual truth number three. So I want to encourage you to resist fear. But spiritual truth number three is, Faith never lets fear have the final word. I love this one. 
And this is one of my favorite Bible stories of all time that I want to share with you about this idea, and it's David and Goliath, okay? I remember when I was um, in high school my freshman year, and I, I got my first report card, and I thankfully I'd gotten all A's on it, and we were sharing some grades with, with some people in our classroom when I was in math class. And I remember this junior uh, was talking to me. He says, what'd you get? And I told him what I had. He said, oh, you won't keep that up. And I'm like, yes, I will. He's like, no, you won't. Everybody starts out strong, and then people just kind of give up and fade away. I'm like, no, that's not going to be me. And there was something inside of me when these negative words were coming at me, or it was, almost felt like he was trying to curse me, like, ah, you can't do that. You're not going to get this. And, I, and something inside me said, don't put up with that. Don't let that settle. Speak that thing down and speak truth, you know. And so that's what I was doing. I wasn't looking for a fight or trying to be, you know, uh, you know mean to him or anything, but I just couldn't let those words settle. And our word, world is so filled with word curses um, and people peddling fear and uh, the, the sky is falling and everybody wants us out. And all the news that we watch, it's, it's so negative. But I want to encourage you, do not let fear have the final word. Faith speaks too. Faith speaks, fear speaks. Who's going to have the last word? If you're a believer, make it you. Your faith should always have the final word. So here's the scenario with David. Um, 1 Samuel 17, 11, the Philistines were on one mountain and the uh, Israelites were on another mountain and there's a valley between them. And for 40 days, their champion, his name was Goliath, came down to the valley, cast his voice up to the hills of the Israelites and cursed them, cursed God, just spit all kinds of vile things out to them and challenged them to come down and fight him. And so the, what happened was when the people, look at this, when the people heard the Philistines' words, when, when the, and, and Goliath in this story is a picture of the devil. And when we hear the words of the devil, when we hear the words of the enemy, what happened? It happens to us too. Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Fear entered their hearts when they heard the report of the enemy, the devil, Goliath, speaking all these negative things. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to you. You guys are nothing. I'm going to tear you apart. And we begin to hear that. Fear comes into our hearts, okay? But you know what? The Bible says faith comes by hearing too. But faith comes by hearing a different message. And that message is the message of Christ, the message of the Word of God. So I want to give you a quick tip. Stop watching so much news and make sure you're listening to more of the Word of God than you are the Word of this world. The Word of this world, the Word of the enemy, will tear you down. It will fill you with fear. But the Word of God will fill you with faith. Can I get a hallelujah and an amen on that one? Okay. And so this is the situation until, uh, until David showed up. And, and so David shows up and he has a totally different perspective. His perspective is this right here, 1 Samuel 17, 37. And, and uh, David is saying this, I think, to King Saul, and he says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. David wasn't filled with fear. His eyes weren't on the giant, his and his ears weren't hearing all the cursing and, and pulling himself down. His eyes were on the Lord and on God and how big God was, not how big the giant was. And, and that's how we need to be too 
in, in terms of faith, or we will be filled with fear. And so what does faith sound like? This is what faith sounds like. David continues by saying this. So the enemy, Goliath, came at him. And uh, this is what Goliath said to David. He said, you, he looks at David, he sees he's a young guy. He says, you're coming at me with sticks? Come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. It says he was cursing his God and cursing David and taunting him and trying to get fear into his life. I'll tell you, the devil is always going to try to fill you with fear. And so what was David's response to this? I love David's response. This is awesome. David said to the Philistine, (laughs) this cracks me up. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. Now listen, Goliath just said, you're coming at me with a stick? How are you going to get me with a stick? And David says, oh yeah, you're coming at me with a sword and a javelin and a spear? I got something even bigger than that, you know? I mean, I mean, basically, in comparison, uh, David is turning this whole thing around and says, I'm not even coming at you with that. I'm coming at you with something even bigger than what you got. Look at this. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. It's not even me coming at you, boy. It is my God who's coming. The Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. You know what God did? God gave David what he said. What if God gives us what we say? What if we are speaking out of fear or if we're speaking out of faith? This is a sobering idea to think about, that whatever we are speaking, the Bible says, is going to produce. It will either produce life or it will produce death. When we speak out of fear, we're creating death. When we speak out of faith, we're creating life. So make sure that faith always gets the last word. Don't let fear have the last word. And so here's a summary of kind of our, our thoughts that we've had together. First of all, we fear only God, which means we esteem God higher than any other, any other thing, any other person, any problem. He's bigger than all of them. And so we want to reposition all of our fears underneath the fear of God, Okay. Secondly, fear does not come from God, okay? We resist fear by disagreeing with the devil's report, and we agree with God's report. And, uh, and thirdly, we, faith always has the last word. We replace fear with faith by agreeing with God and speaking, God, speaking God's word and God's truth. And so I hope this is encouraging to you, and as we close this message, I want to close with prayer And I want to teach you how we're going to pray because this is something worthwhile learning for your own benefit at any time you're starting to contend with fear. Now, let me just pause before we pray and say this. If you're wearing a mask, if you're following the social guidelines, that doesn't mean you're filled with fear. I'm not saying that at all. That's wise. It's wise to listen to your leaders. It's wise to, uh, you know, follow the social distancing that we're doing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about fear that has gripped your heart, that, has, that, that causes you to lose sleep, that causes you to be worried and anxious and filled with this spirit of oppression and heaviness. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about being wise uh, in, the, in these days that we are living in. I'm talking about the internal 
peace or fear that we can live with. And if you've been feeling this weight of oppression, if you've been feeling anxious and worried, you're having a hard time sleeping, you're fretting about some of these things, I I just want to let you know, you don't have to live in fear. You can live in faith. That's what this message is for. So if you've been feeling any of those things right now, I want you to join me in prayer. We're going to believe that God is going to set us free from that right now. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to resubmit our hearts to Christ. And if you've never submitted your life to Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your day to do that and experience his peace in your life. Secondly, we're going to repent for believing any of those lies that created the opportunity for fear to grip us in the first place. And then we're going to break those agreements, and we're going to replace that with faith in him. So if you're ready to do that with me, let's pray this together, and let's see our fear turned into faith. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you rule and reign right now, and you're bigger than all of this stuff that we're facing. And God, we come to you today because we know you are our hope, and you are our answer And you are our peace, even in the midst of these storms that we're facing. So today, Lord, we resubmit our hearts to you. We give you these problems. We give you the weight that we've been feeling. We give you our worry, our concern, our anxieties, our fears. Lord, we turn that stuff over to you right now. And for some of us right now, Lord, Jesus, we invite you into our heart for the very first time. We say, Jesus, I need you. I want your, your life in my life. Thank you for dying for me and saving me and forgiving me of my sins. Today, I give my life to you. Come and change me from the inside out. I need you and I receive you in your name. And God, we also just take a minute to repent for believing the lies of this world or believing the lies of fear. And right now, in Jesus' name, we break And if you're there and you're praying this with me, just clap your hands. We're just going to break those things. Right now, we break those lies of the enemy and the grip of fear off of our life. In Jesus' name, we no longer agree with you. We no longer believe you. We believe in God. Our hope and our trust is in the Lord. The Lord Almighty, just like David. His trust and my trust and our trust is in the Lord. The Lord The battle belongs to the Lord. And Lord, we give this battle to you and we thank you for loving us, being with us, and for this verse we get to meditate on this week that reminds us you're with us, you'll strengthen us, you'll help us, and we're in your righteous right hand. And Lord, I just pray for a release right now from all fear from each and every person listening and watching this in Jesus' name, and we receive peace, the peace of God, to guide our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, it's been good to be with you again, and we're excited. I want to encourage you one last time to get connected into a life group. Okay, this is the website to go to so that you can have those friendships, you can grow spiritually, and your life can multiply in somebody else's life, and you can share uh, what you know and what you've experienced with others. In a few minutes, Ryan's going to come and do our children's message for our kids and our family. So I hope you stick around for that. It'll be awesome. And before we go, I want to, again, just leave you with this blessing of the Lord, okay? So let's lift our hands towards heaven and receive the blessing from God today.
And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. And when the voice of fear speaks at you or to you this week, may you resist that voice, may you get the last word, and may you walk and live in faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Hang in there, family. We'll see you soon.